right, that was a rough start to a podcast. I've never, I've never had anything like that happen to me where a guest showed up and I was not ready whatsoever. Oh, yeah. How good for me. I'm, I'm the first. <laughs> you're the first. <laughs> and I hope, hopefully you're the last. So anyways, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you. Good. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you, you're originally from the Lansing area? Went to Waverly High School. I still live just, um, we moved back. We're only a few blocks from the high school now. So I've been there 40 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, so you've, you've never moved out of the Lansing area. You've stayed. Do you love Lansing? I do. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. I know, I know that you signed up for the, um, for the podcast for a reason. Um, it was intriguing. Yeah. It was intriguing that you were looking for people with, uh, interest doing interesting things it's yeah. just i had just done um uh what do they call that studio 10 okay i just done that show i hadn't heard of that show they came to the to the shop and we did a live segment with them and then i had a few students from msu come and were working on a project and watched me carve at a couple of events and so then this popped up and i said well let's just keep this train rolling and see what this is it yeah this is like sounds fun i've never done one yeah, and the train so, came to a halting stop <laughs> as soon as you walked through my door. <laughs> we started up again. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're definitely good. Um, now, tell me it, what it is that you do. Um, I know you you make ice sculptures, right? Right. How? What is that process like? That's interesting. I know. I rem- did you send me a message? Because I'm pretty sure when you sent me a message, I was like, "That is interesting." I want to. I want to talk to that guy. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember we, either. Um. I don't remember if I seen it when you signed up. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Or if you sent me a message and I was like, that sounds interesting. Okay. But um, yeah, what is that I process? I remember if we responded. The, well, we, uh, the ice we use is, is made for carving. It's, it's not uh, water put in a, in a mold. And then we, we, I have special machines that make carving blocks. And so that takes three days to make a carving block. So those wow. machines get rid of the air bubbles, and so that makes the ice more dense and makes it more stir, uh, sturdy, durable, 300-pound block. So <clears throat> so we've got wow. the block, and then um, depending on what the temperature is, my uh, studio's in my garage, so I don't have controlled temperature. So when it's cold out, we don't have to worry about it. But when it's warmer, the ice is uh, can be temperamental if it's not tempered. So really, why would that be? <laughs> <laughs> so I have learned a lot of things the hard way. Yeah, I'm making mistakes. I guess that may be our theme today. <laughs> um, can't do that anymore. Don't want to do that again. No. So uh, we start with the the carving block, and then it's a design. So sometimes the client has the design. Sometimes they tell me their event and come up with something. So I do that. So now I, I could imagine that that's a pretty big niche, right? Like as far as there's not really too many people doing it. Um, no and, one in this area, but me. Wow. What well, is, what is, what is that like? Is it, it's a culinary arts. When I started, um, I was a chef. That's how I learned. Okay. Lansing country club. And, um, and so the only place you get an ice sculpture was at a place that where a chef that knew how to carve carved. Wow. That's the only place. And so still to this day, most ice carvers are culinary trained, also worked in the culinary field. But um, so there were, I don't know, 10 guys or so in the area that did ice. 
when I started the business. Wow. And uh, we did a, uh, and so I, I know that number because we put on an event at uh, Woldemar a competition. And so we found these, so there were probably more than that. There were 10 guys there to do this competition. Wow. That's crazy. Now, how did you get into that? Uh, you said you were a chef, but were you interested in carving? Like, was it something that, or did you just kind of find yourself doing it? What, what led um, to it? Well, it was a Lansing Country Club, so we uh, the ma- general manager was a Culinary Institute grad, and uh, he did all the ice, and we had a busy Christmas season, so New Year's Eve, the staff was standing around, and he said he'd like some help. Anybody want to help? And I said, I was thinking in my head, I'm the new kid. I'm, you know, so- certainly somebody's going to grab that up and know what he did. I said, well, yeah, I want to try that, so... We did that first one for New Year's Eve. We did four carvings for New Year's Eve. This is in the 80s. Um, so we did that first one. He did most of it, but he let me take all the bows, and so I felt wow. pretty good about myself, and <laughs> and he turned me loose, and then uh, the next one, nobody could recognize what it was, and so I, <laughs> so it was about a year before people could, I, I could really say I was getting better at it, that people could walk in the room and think it was decent so what was it that you were carving what was the first thing that you carved a vase was the first thing I oh carved. wow uh, like an actual usable vase or it put flowers in it right wow yeah now when you're when you're making these how long do they last obviously you're making it for an event typically right right and do they just melt away what, well that so i we talked about the process of making the ice it also melts slower it lasts longer than just uh if I were to just freeze water. Um, so somebody has figured out it melts half an inch an hour at 72 degrees. Does that help? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so they will look really good for a, like a wedding reception, five okay. or six hours. Okay. Wow. And and some of that ice would be around the next day if we left it. That's insane. Yeah. Um. Now, have you done any like major competitions or anything like that of that sort? Um, I did go down to uh, Plymouth early on a few okay. times. That was the, when I started, that was the event in, like in the area, in the country. It was one of the largest ones, one of the first ones. Wow. Um, now, do, is there a lot of people that use that order from you? Do you find a lot of people ordering? Uh, so all those chefs that I talked about carved dice. So, yeah. Um, now that I'm doing it full time, I can do a better job than they could. They started calling me. Wow. So, so they just kind of farmed out their work to you? It started with um, uh, the chef at the Kellogg Center to hurt his back. And so I was supposed to f- help fill in with the ice carvings for a few weeks because they, uh, at the time, were the wedding place, you know, 15 years ago or so that was. And uh... This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one earth. So I was only going to do it for three weeks, and then uh, when he was ready to start up, they... One of his assistants said, you should just let him keep doing it. You got enough to do. So we just kept doing it. So we did five or six or seven a weekend there. So Holy cow. That was just for them. Wow. 
And do you have any employees? Uh, I have people I use part-time. Okay. Um, so a lot has changed. How the It's kind of crazy how things have, have worked out. We're not, uh, I don't do as many weddings anymore. Somebody, some wedding planners have told me it's not the it thing anymore. So. Really? I feel like it's um, very unique. Like I, if I would have known about your service, I probably would have had you at my wedding. <laughs> um, so we do a lot of outdoor events. We just did Potter Park in downtown Lansing in February. And and um, so we've done a lot of stuff out of town. So like a 50 to 100 mile radius around Lansing, we've done, gone and done events. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. So I used, I hire people to help me with that. So I have a nephew that's, uh, Zach is, uh, he doesn't want to learn carving, but he loves being the, the muscle guy. So we, we joke about that. I'm the talent and he's the muscle <laughs> and he loves to drive. He He's a mechanic. And so he. You know, he, but he loves doing all that. So it works out perfect. So very cool. That is so cool. Uh, so you kind of keep it like family, family oriented. I have. Yep. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, and it, it teaches people a skill as well, like a very unique skill. Yep. So right. we, we did teach uh, at LCC for a while. They had a wow. culinary program. So if somebody wants to get involved in something like that, they have to go through like a culinary program, right? Um, I just did a class at Mount Hope Church okay. one time for like an artist. Okay. So there were people that were interested. And I said, if you want to know more, I'd be happy to teach you. Now, I've always offered this, but a few people have taken me up on it. So I think with many things that people say, well, I could never do that. Well, it took me a year to get good at it, but I didn't. I kept going because I enjoyed doing it. Now, do you have like artistic abilities? Have you always kind of been artistic, like as far as you know, drawing and I've stuff? I've been like asked that? that a lot, and I didn't think that I did. <laughs> um, but I do come from a family that does uh, creative stuff. Okay, my dad is a was a carpenter, and my mom always did crafts, and I have grandparents that always did stuff like that. So I guess I've been around it, but I never thought of it. I, I was challenged with being called an artist for a long time because I don't. I guess I had a idea of what artists are are like and i didn't mm. think i was like that so what did you think an artist was i don't know you think about them as other i, I was doing it as part of my job mm. was just part of my job and so i like that creative and really cooking is a creative art in itself it really so, is yeah um i didn't think that was that really that much different than I think the the spectrum of artists has kind of changed over the years too. Like probably when you got started in the eighties, right? Was it in the eighties? Yeah. Um, art was kind of looked at as like being like maybe a musician and, or like a painter, draw somebody who draws or does animes, that type of stuff. Um, but now it's like literally everything has an art form to it. It's 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 pretty vast. Right. The the category of art. Right, and so I've got a lot of Facebook friends that do all kinds of weird stuff. So, you know, when <laughs> they were all locked in, some guy um, was eating a peach, and he got to the pit, and he said, I bet I could carve that. So he carved a face or something in it. So he was selling wow. carved peach pits online <laughs> because he couldn't do ice or wood or whatever he was doing. So it's just kind of crazy how guys get into other things. So Yeah, is that something you found yourself doing, uh, carving, like wood or anything I've like that? I've done a few, yeah. yeah. Is it diff- is it difficult more difficult than ice? <laughs> the uh, I thought it was going to be much more transferable to wood. Okay. It uh, there's no grain in ice. That was something to right. learn. There's no um, when you get logs. There's no nails in ice to mess up your blade. 
Um, so the process is a little different. It's a little, it's harder. Ice, ice is easier to carve when it's warm. Um, but the techniques, I guess, are yes, are very similar. What kind of tools do you use to carve ice? They're all all electric or power tools now, so we're switching okay. to some to battery, but. So like um, chainsaw die grinders with different uh, wow. router bits. Um, there've been bits made for ice carving. Some guy said, "I want to do this," and there isn't one. So there's guys that make bits now. Holy cow! Yeah, that's so crazy. Is it something that's gotten bigger, like in the United States? Would oh you yeah, say? yeah. So I I uh... <laughs> that light just went out. <laughs> that light's a pain in my butt. Oh boy. Um, so when I first started uh, in the business, I was uh, the only place I knew of to buy tools was out of a, a company called Ice Crafters out of Chicago, and um, so she had a pretty good handle on uh, ice carvers around the world and what they were doing. And so she said I was probably one of only fifty companies in the country when I started. Wow! And now there's I don't know how many there are now. It's just crazy the number of guys. Somebody said that there's. There is more carvers in Michigan than anywhere in the world, and that greatest concentration is around Detroit. So, Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. That's interesting. Is it because we have winter here and it's a little easier half the year? Probably. <laughs> so there are guys, yeah, so I, I know a couple of guys that carve in, uh, like, Miami, and they don't even attempt to carve in the summer. Oh, okay. But they are busy enough in the winter that I guess they're able to coast through the summer. And Right, right. Yeah, that's insane. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah, I want to. So, I want to see the process. I wish I had a TV. We could pull it up and and see. Um, just trying to think of some place to send you, but I don't know any links right offhand. Yeah, Studio Ten did do a come out and do a live. We did a live carving. Have you ever thought about doing like um like a YouTube? Uh, like live, not live, but like record what you do and how you do it and put it on like a YouTube channel? I haven't. I know that there are guys that do, but I just guess I never thought about. You should definitely do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it could draw like attraction. I mean, I, I find myself interested in like wood carving and things like that. Whenever I come across on YouTube, I'm like, I stop and watch it. Yeah. And ice, I mean, carving ice is even more interesting because not many people do it. I haven't seen it done that often. The lights are, are crazy. Um, okay. I, I wired these <laughs> lights in and that one gives me issues. And when it goes out, it makes the other ones wonky. Yeah. And I got to re- see that. That one just kicked back on. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop saying it. You're okay. All right. So. Oh uh, yeah, you should definitely do a, a YouTube channel. All right, I'll think about it. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, you should. Um, maybe you could help me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would you need help with? Doing it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw up a couple cameras and then, uh, I don't know. Time push lapse record, it. huh? Yeah, yeah, push record and time lapse it. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, definitely have to look into that. Yeah, because now we're slow. So okay, this time of the year, so. For me, is slow since we're not doing weddings as much anymore. So yeah, I would I would highly recommend it. I mean, because I mean, you get so many followers and everything. That's another rev, revenue source eventually, you know. So okay, yeah. <laughs> Who can't use more money? Exactly, exactly. Um, now, 
you don't do many events like uh like competitions anymore, right? Right. So they're all on weekends, and so I'm pretty busy with my own stuff when those are. So those usually happen in the winter, of course. Yeah. And so my weekends are pretty full with my own. What kind of things do you sculpt? What what kind of designs do you do? Well, Potter Park, we just did their animals. You made animals. Yeah, the animals that are actually in the zoo. They sent me. Wow, and th- are they the full size or are they no a, a smaller version? Yeah, yeah. A lion and the tiger that's and the cool. rhino and that's cool. And we've done that two years now, and so we've done I think different animals every time. So. Wow. So I enjoy doing that because that's new stuff to me. I, I like doing new things. Yeah. I, um, so when I just did this class at Mount Hope, they were asking me questions, and I said, uh, I did a swan, and I said, so the swan, I've probably done more swans. I'm sure I've done more swans than anything. I've probably done thousands of swans. And uh, when we were at the Kellogg Center, they had a list to choose from, so we might do five swans a weekend. And I kind of got tired of it, so I kept changing the design to keep myself interested. <laughs> so I like doing new things. I like the challenge of the new things. We did uh, just did one for CMU, um, a student-run uh, fashion show, and they had a logo designed for it, and uh, it had color in a circle, but there were uh, red flame, blue water, uh, a black something, green for the earth, and so all this, and so we use colored cellophane, freeze that in the ice, do the carving around it, and that was very challenging, something I hadn't done because it was uh, four feet by four feet, quite quite large. Now, what happens when you're uh, a good way into a project and it doesn't turn out properly, and then is there a point where you ever decide, I have to restart? Scrap it? And yeah. Start. No, I don't think so. Really? Well, I'm sure it was in the beginning, but I don't, not recently. So you um, just kind of, do you, do you make many mistakes or um, do you correct your mistakes if you do make them? See, that's our theme today, right? The mistake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I guess I have never focused on the mistake because I, I, um, I, I know I've screwed up, but I've never focused on the mistakes as if it, I... I've got a job to do, so I, they're counting on me to do this, so I figure out a way to correct the mistake so I'm not focused on the mistake. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so we did, um, I'm just being, you're reminding me of, uh, we used to do the freshman orientation at MSU, and so it was a big deal on the practice field, you know, thousands of kids there. They would get, uh, what we do, four or five carvings for them, and we did, um, I, I had some guys helping me, and um, one of them did not, so he drove the truck on the field and dropped one off and moved the truck. And so we, I had to unstrap the ice to get one off and then move to the next one. Well, whoever was doing this didn't strap it. And so oh. the S fell over, and it was in these big pieces. In, oh. it. in my head, I'm thinking it's never going to go back. You know, we can we do design things to go back together. The ice will freeze back together pretty easily usually. Mm-hmm. But that block S is such a big, heavy thing so when it broke you know it broke where the top and i said it's never going to in my head i'm thinking it's never going to but we're here what else are we going to do we might as well try right so i was shocked when it did freeze back together i I was you know so it really kind of changed everything from then on to there's nothing that's really impossible then is there yeah and 
That's awesome. That's awesome that it went back together. (laughs) So many pieces in that. So, so big of pieces in that had to be, you know, yeah, crazy. I just, uh, so that has happened a couple of times where I thought, well, that's too busted up to, oh, look at there. (laughs) Now, is this something that you've ever, I don't know if it's possible, but have you ever uh, looked into getting your artwork or uh, your creations into like art prize? Is that something that would be possible? Because Sure, there's a company in Grand Rapids that I think does it. Uh, I don't know if they do it every year, but they've done it several times I know of. Okay. So that I think they rent a freezer truck and Oh, that's a good idea. Put a like a plastic panel on one wall or something so you can see it. Okay. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> um again, I think that has always happened when I'm already busy, so how long does it take to make make something when whenever you're uh, let's say, uh, like you were making of, um, was it like a flamingo you said? Oh, yeah. Uh, like how, how long does it take to make something like that? Uh, probably 45 minutes or an hour. Really? How big is it? Uh, three and a half feet tall. Wow. 40 inches by 20 are the blocks. So, and do you pull, like pull up pictures? How? Oh, yeah. 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 I don't, uh, I, I might freehand it on the ice, but I'm looking, I'm referencing something. So some stuff I will make a template. So okay. depending on how, like when we just did the logo, I'm not trying to freehand that. I, I make a template so I can have reference lines to carve around. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. That's cool. That's so cool. <laughs> so beside, beside doing the ice things, we've talked a lot about that. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you, what other things are you into? You're from the Lansing area. You own your business. What is the name of your business? Miller Ice Sculptures. Okay. And I work out of my house. Okay. I didn't have a garage. And so we had, uh, whenever I think of my story, I think how crazy it is that um, I was at the city club when I uh, started. When I left there, I had had no place to carve. I had no, (laughs) and so here I am trying to do ice sculpture without a freezer. (laughs) And um, my wife worked for uh, the Fader Brothers. They own Fratelli's. Frank's Press Box, been a lot mm. of, so she was there a long time. They let me use their freezer for a while, but they are too busy with too small a freezer, so it wasn't ideal, but it did work for a short time, and then we went to the Holiday Inn. They had just put in Friday, so they weren't really using their facilities that much, so they said I could use their freezer. Wow. And so we did that for a while, so it meant I had to drive from home to there, pull the ice out, drive back home and let the ice temper, come back, do the car. You know, it was a lot, oh my but I was appreciative. I had a place to do it. I mean, but right. thinking back, I said, that's just crazy. That, <laughs> you know, It's not ideal. <laughs> and then um, some guys uh, in Owasso said they could build, uh, somebody told them they need to make carving blocks. And so they had an ice company and uh, so they said, we can build a better one. So they built an ice machine out of, junkyard scrap or something i think and <laughs> they were in refrigeration and construction but so i was buying ice from them and they said we don't want to keep doing this we're gonna provide you with a freezer and let you sell we sold a lot of carving blocks to other these other guys that were still carving so they put a freezer on my patio and then um as things were getting bigger i was looking for a space and a friend of mine said what you should do is build a garage and that way you don't have to have a lease and just build it big enough to put studio in the back so the back wall is a walk-in freezer and wow so a lot of times in those early days when i right after that was built i would come home and open the garage and see all this stuff that i said that is just blowing my mind that i always thought 
that's too impossible. These ice machines are five grand each. And, right. And I've got a couple of those and I've got thousands in tools. And it's just, I was it, just so thankful and just, uh, it's so amazing. Overwhelming. It's so amazing to be able to like, think about where you started in, in life. Cause I oftentimes think about like where I should be in life. Like, you know, based off of like my past and everything. And I think about like, you know, um, if I hadn't got, got hired, if I hadn't been hired at General Motors, like where would I be? I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have this house. I probably wouldn't have my family. None, none of it. Right. And it's interesting to like, just sit back and just like, look at like where you started and where it's gone and where it's currently going. How'd you get into this? Into podcasting? Yeah. I just started doing it. Yeah. I wanted to share my story and I uh, figured that, well, first off, I tried reaching out to like other, other podcasters and then the like they they canceled on me because they're very unprofessional <laughs> and uh, hmm, okay <laughs> and uh yeah so um so then i i thought you know well i'm not the only one who wants to share my story i'm sure there's other people you know cuz i've talked to other people and they're like I, w- I would like to write a book about my my story and everybody says that i want to write a book but they never do because they don't have time and podcasting doesn't take that much time, you know, like it's an hour and, uh, for a little, for me, it's an hour or more depending. Right. And, um, so I figured that'd be a great opportunity for other people to share their stories too. And yeah, it's just, it is what it is now. So, well, that's why you have the name rising podcast rising above. Yeah. I guess that's what was intriguing. Cause that's how I felt. You were able to rise above where you had started from yeah, nothing. Because how I got started, I felt like I was kicked out of, I was forced to resign my position. I was dreaming of doing ice sculpture, but I I said, I've got a wife and we had four grandkids that we were um, taking care of. I said, I'm, I'm not doing enough on the side to provide for that. So right. I can't see how that can happen. Yeah. And so here I am trying to do it. And this is, yeah, thinking back and looking, it's just crazy how god provided and took care of us and it's it's a leap sometimes that you have to make right like oh that light is irritating hold on i'm gonna take okay. it i'm gonna take it down real quick all right yeah sometimes you just have to take a leap at something you know whether or not like you're going to be successful that's always the scary part right all like, right you don't know if you're going to make a living you're not you're not sure if you're going to be able to provide for your family doing it but you know that if you work hard enough that you could you can make it work well i tried to get rehired as a chef and in the circumstances where i left the city club i could not get hired anywhere Really, I was. I had guys referring me. That there's openings in Grand Rapids. I was calling all over, and I could not get. So they were like giving. And you it a was bad like name? it was like yeah, it was like design. I'm glad that it happened now. In fact, they called me back a few years, <laughs> three years later, did. and said, "Hey, we made a mistake because <laughs> there's some things that happened, and they said we made a mistake. Would you consider coming back?" And I said, "If you'd have called me a year or two ago, in a heartbeat, but not now. We've kind of broken through. Right, it took about three years, but." Living below poverty, you know, it's just, cra- that's why I say it. it's just crazy to see <laughs> how he did it. And um, we used to pick up a uh, widowed, uh, a, a pastor's wife. He passed away. We used to pick her up to take her to church, and she didn't have any money. She was on assistance, and she said, I, I got to give you something. So she gave us, you know, um, 
government cheese and powdered eggs and stuff she didn't want the the rice that never quite gets soft <laughs> but we did have stuff to eat we didn't go hungry right but the kids still talk about those powdered eggs they thought they were the greatest thing ever i was like okay but do you think that going through something like that helps define who you are as a person going forward like sometimes like for me in order to really appreciate something you have to understand where it could go and if you had been in that spot, you can then appreciate some of the good things in life. Oh, yeah. I think it makes it easier yeah. to appreciate things. Yeah, people that never have never struggled don't. Yeah. Just taking things for granted. Yeah. That's why I said it. So uh, I don't know how many times that I would open the garage coming back from a delivery and just get overwhelmed when I saw that stuff and just... And it's easy too, you know, once you, once you're in, you know, you're living fine, you're living high on the hog, you got a good successful career, business, whatever it is, it's easy to, to kind of forget and take that stuff for granted. But sometimes you just have to sit back and be like, wow, all this is mine. (laughs) Yeah. Be thankful. Be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. So your kids obviously seen, seen you come up. Right. They seen you, they seen the, the lows and they seen the highs and they see where you're at now. What kind of, what kind of impact has that had on their life? Um, well, I, I kind of have a crazy life cause they're not my kids. Oh, I mean, they are my kids, but I married into that. Okay. Um, my wife is older than I am. So how old can, can we talk about this for a minute? Cause my wife's older than me. Yeah. Yeah. She's 20 years older. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My wife's 17 years older. Okay. Yeah. So uh, her kids are only slightly younger than me. Okay. So um, when we got married, I became a grandfather at that time at 30. And so now I'm a great-great-grandfather two times. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy too, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I said. It's just a crazy a, a crazy life. My uh, Crazy good. Yeah, I understand. I, and that's kind of funny that you say that because your situation is almost exactly like mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has four kids, you know, previous to me and... Uh, I think the oldest is 20 something and I'm 28. So, okay. you know, um, so it's pretty close, but you know, the thing is like for me, um, a lot of people, like, I don't know if you ever had any negative feedback from oh, yeah. that, people, you know, talking down to you because of it. I get that all the time, but I had some relatives it, sit me down and say, yeah. listen, yeah. And, uh, taking the grandkids we go to the store, I'm 30 years old and these are, you know, <laughs> And they're like, Grandpa, can we get? And people are looking at me like, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is so funny. I haven't had that experience yet. Okay. But yeah, no. It's coming. Yeah. Um, it, I, for me, I think age is just, it's really just a number. It doesn't affect anything. Like, I mean, we, like, honestly, I don't even think about the age thing. Like, it doesn't really affect my life at all. Like, other people may see it differently, but for me, it's like, I don't know. I don't think about it any any different than... Hey, I, for me, my wife is younger than I am. Mm. She's a perpetual teenager. Yeah. I, I was always like the old man. <laughs> That's Let's just stay at home and watch TV. She's like, come <laughs> on, get us get going. And so it's kind of, like you said, it doesn't really... It's a state of mind, so she's... yeah. You know, she's uh, eighty turned eighty four in January, so she uh, is still uh, thinks she's a teenager. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's important to think that way because the minute you start thinking you're old, that's when life starts to get starts to get to you. Your 
You yeah, know, then you, you start thinking you got, you know, people talk about you got aches and pains. Pretty soon you're going to yeah. have aches and pains. I mean, yep. that's stuff wears out. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Has she been pretty supportive of you and chasing uh, your dreams? Very. Yeah. I, I couldn't think, have done it without her. Yeah. I mean, because she, she did work in those, you know, first three years. We still live below poverty, but without her paycheck. So, I, you know, I, so as a man, they struggled with that for a while, you know. Yeah. So that was another talk that relatives had with me. So, what was the outcome of those talks? Were you just like asking? I listened. I mean, they are. You know, um, I was respectful. I listened to their opinion. I just, I didn't. I don't think I responded. I just said, "Okay, thank you," but I'm, you know. So, I was being called by my family a rebel because I didn't believe in the mask. And and it kind of bothered me for a while. I, so I look up a definition, and a rebel is someone that sees a wrong and wants everybody else to see it's wrong, and they're kind of angry about it. <laughs> and I said, well, that's not me. Yeah. So a synonym for that, though, is a nonconformist. You see something that's wrong, and you say, okay, well, I'm not going to participate. If you feel like you need to do that, go ahead. So I'm a nonconformist, not a rebel, but... So I kind of was hearing that from my family, you know, do you don't care? And I said, it's not, but it's hard to even have a conversation. And I'm, so I'm just yeah. using this as an example. And so this, I've had, because of what you're asking me about with my wife and with in business in general, and you should get a, I kept having people tell me I should get a job. You know, you're trying to support a family yeah. and you're not really doing anything. And I, I said, someday, that's what I said. Looking back, it's just things that I've overcome. And so I, I didn't even really think that I had to overcome that, but I probably, I was without thinking about it, but I was just so focused on I'm doing this. Right. Do you think that having those conversations with people who should be supportive of what you're doing? And, um, obviously they're not extremely supportive. They want you to go get a job. They want you to just live the normal life. So they're kind of like the city club people. Now that once I did break through, then they were all at a boy. Right. Good job. Right. So now they're on board, but you know, and, um, so I, and so I don't, I'm not trying to make them feel bad that they weren't there when I, wasn't they just now that now they are like on the bandwagon so they just want they wanted what was best for you at that time and they could see that you were struggling and like why don't you just get a normal job see but we didn't (laughs) we we didn't think we were struggling right we didn't look at us struggling we you know we were eating we had um well i guess when somebody looks at the situation you can say yes you're struggling because how you you know your car broke down again how are you going to fix the car right so i learned how to fix the car I learned, I learned how to put a muffler on. I learned how to change an alternator. I I learned how to, you know, the mechanic said, you should let this thing die. I can't afford to let this thing die. (laughs) You know, I, I don't have the money to, so I, I said, what does it need? And so he rattled off these things. So I went to Schreier's and bought used parts and learned how to put them on. And, and so, yeah, another thing I said, well, that's pretty cool. I figured out how to do that. (laughs) Um, out of necessity, I think a lot of things come out of. So, you know, we're talking about people that always have stuff. So yeah, if you've, if you've got the means, then something breaks down you just send somebody to go get it and fix it. Right. But when you don't, it's like, what am I going to do? Exactly. And then you have to get creative. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's, as it's, there's a saying, it's iron sharpens iron and going through a rough situation only makes you stronger, like in all aspects. 
you know, because you've been at the low, you know, like what it takes to have to fix a vehicle and like just barely make it by. So when you get to the point where you are now, it's like, you know, like any, any negative thing that happens, any bad, your car breaks down now, you're like, okay, I guess I'll fix it. Or now I have the means to take it in and get it fixed. It's not that big of a deal anymore. I went through this with my delivery vehicles and, and, um, since we had these issues early on with vehicles breaking down all the time, I was always concerned about breaking down on a delivery. Mm, I would be too. <laughs> and because um, there's not enough time to get somebody there to help you unload it, get it loaded, and get it to the place in time. I mean, we're only getting there an hour early, so there's no... So breaking down on the way there, and then um, somebody said something to me once, and I said... Uh, I realized I'd never broken down on a deliver on the way to a delivery. I've broken down on the way back, but after I made the delivery. So, well, geez, that's right. One time I didn't make it out of the parking lot. I lost the belt, (laughs) and uh, we didn't get out of the parking lot. But I'd already done the deliver. I'd already done the setup, and so I said, "That's." uh, I guess I never thought about it like that. It's never happened on the way. Always after, probably happened four or five times, and then uh, the truck broke down. On the way to the delivery, this was just a few years ago. We were doing something for MSU, and uh, so I, you know, my nephew works on trucks, so he's trying to get it fixed. And he said, "I I, I can't get it figured out. I, I got to get it back to the shop, and there's no way to do that, you know, and still get to the delivery." So finally, I call the I call the chef, and I said, "You know, we're not gonna." doesn't look like we're going to make it. The truck broke down and I don't have enough time to go rent one and get back and, and get there. And he said, uh, we'll send you a truck Wow! and uh, we'll send you one with a lift gate and a couple of guys. Is that all right? And I said, uh, yeah, I think that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and so that happened twice. I broke down before and solutions came. So it was kind of flipped. And so it's kind of, and that was just a couple of years ago. So, wow. It's like this, like a next level kind of thing. So, right. Um, I don't understand everything, but I'm still. Everything happens for a reason, right? I mean, I mean, so, so many. I I think you know, with today and like the social media, with social media and everything, I think everybody has a painted narrative of like what everybody's reaction is going to be to things. You know, we always assume the worst of everybody, but if we really just like like you called that, you know, the person that you're delivering that to, and they're pretty understanding and they're will more than willing to help, and I think oftentimes people are scared to do that and they well, don't, I was, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to call him. I said, you know, what am I, but you know, he did also have a client to take care of. So, uh, so he just was just, we'll fix it. Let's fix it. Right. I, so he had the means to fix it. I can send you a truck. I can send you some guys. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's never, you know, it wasn't something I would have thought would have happened. It yeah. just wasn't in my realm of, well, I'll just call him up and he'll fix it. Right. Now, yeah, you just, As the owner, you always think that I got to take care of it. If I don't do it, it won't get done. Right. Yeah, it's always nice when someone's able to just help you out and not expect anything of it, of of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be, I think, the most frustrating thing about having a business is having all the responsibility on you and especially like delivering something and having to meet a deadline. I think that that would be extremely stressful. 
Yeah, so I started, um, so when we had broken through and we're making some money, then I said, so there's, uh, I can't keep doing, there's too much going on for me to try to do everything. So I kind of broke it down. I said, I'm just going to turn deliveries over to a couple of these grandkids and just let them, I'm, it's going to be one thing I'm not going to have to, even though I let them go, I said, okay, they're gone. I I was worried about it until they got back and told me everything went well. <laughs> <clears throat> so it took me a while to, well, it probably took several successful deliveries until I was able to, and so I felt that load lift that was right. one section that I, of the business I didn't have to be worried about anymore. That's probably one of the hardest things about being a business owner, right, is like just giving giving the responsibility yes. to somebody else and just kind of letting go because right. you, I mean, I know how I am with things. Like I got to like kind of micromanage, like if it's something I'm passionate about, like this is not a business, but like I'm passionate about doing podcasts. And so like micromanaging thing is, except for today, apparently um, <laughs> is like if somebody else were to come in here and like tell me like, Hey, I would like to do this and this. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not I how I do it. It's not how I do it. Right. That's gotta be difficult, right? It is. And so I, I do remember hearing them say, I thought you wanted me to do that, or I do, but I want you to do it. And so um, I think I get that from my dad because my worked with, I was able to go with my dad in the summers and they built houses. And so he say, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and uh, uh, so it did take me, but I did realize that and was able to start uh, letting that go. I'm sure I don't all the time still, but yeah. Um, well, yeah, you want it to be perfect. and But we have to trust and lean on other people. So I, I know I've had a lot of help, and I've had a lot of um, people have patience with me. So, How many hours a week are you carving? I've never kept track. You just kind of do it throughout the day? Here's or? what needs to get done, so I do okay. it until, you know, like, so this last year, so I knew Potter Park. I knew we were going to be really busy in February because Potter Park was successful the year before. You know, in 21, everybody was had been locked up for a year. Yeah. So we did Potter Park. The place was crazy with people. So they were so thrilled they booked it for two weekends. Wow. Uh, the, this year. Yeah. And, um, so I knew we were in, in Lansing did the same thing. It was 60 and sunny, so it was terrible for ice, but there were so many people downtown. That was their goal was to get people out. So they booked for this year and and we did something for Lansing Brewing all in the same a few weeks and so I knew it was going to be crazy so I started in in December wow um prepping ice doing what I could and we can't keep ice in uh in the freezer for too long uh a freezer just thinks ice is a big chunk of frost so every time it goes to defrost it's eating your sculpture right um sublimation is that term okay. in case you wanted to know <laughs> <laughs> just to be informative so we can't so there is stuff that i can do ahead so we can do you can rough out sculptures and so then they can be finished later so i started mm. in, i knew i was going to be busy so i started in december i don't know that i've ever started that early wow but just so i didn't have to be doing 16 17 hours a day right. a bunch of days in a row i mean i like doing it but nobody likes doing it when no you're beat, no tired yeah you get you're not enjoying it and so i wanted to so it became enjoyable, even, but towards the end, it was getting stressful again. But Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine having to do so many different sculptures and then, I mean, just the, yeah, you just get exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. As, at a certain point when you're tired, it's just no longer enjoyable. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, so I don't, I've never kept track of how long, but. Okay. So where do you see the, the business going within like, let's say the next five years or like yourself or your family? Like what's, what's your goals? Well, I'm, uh, it seems like it's, it was kind of forced retirement, you know, for a couple of years we weren't doing, we did a couple of things, but we didn't do, certainly didn't do much. Um, so it was kind of like forced retirement. And I started thinking about what that might look like. I mean, I'm going to be 63 on Sunday. Wow, you look great for 63. <laughs> Thank you. I did it, not guess that. Ice is a preservative. That's why I look young. <laughs> so you ought to get into ice sculpture. Um, um, so I'm just kind of thinking about what that might look like. Um, I, You know, I, I've worked hard enough to be in a position where I can. I don't have to take every job, so I, I guess that's where I've started. You know, some of these, um, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to put food on the table, you take every job. You don't care. Yeah. And you negotiate price and the whole thing. Yeah. I really should be getting this, but if that's all you want to pay, I'll take it. I got to, <laughs> I, I got to pay the light bill, you know? That. Yeah. And, um, so I've just been thinking about what that might look like. So I just stopped. I, I guess I haven't stopped. Somehow it's just worked out that I, I am slower now. Mm. Um, and I'm all right, and so I, it. But it is kind of weird to not have stuff on the calendar. So I don't know what might be the next fight. So that's, I guess I'm in transition. Maybe that's why I'm here to just air my feelings and see what comes <laughs> out of them. <laughs> After this podcast, maybe a bunch of people will order ice sculptures and be like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> well, may, maybe I. You know, I. Um, that's always been the thing, you know, we have been on TV and in the paper uh, since we started because it, like you said, it was a unique thing in the beginning. So, yeah. And uh, so I used to get calls like, um, uh, we're doing a fundraiser, so we can't give you any money, but you'll get great exposure. Oh, geez. My, you know, that's everyone's favorite line. Oh, Every yeah. artist's favorite line. Yeah. You'll get great exposure. <laughs> <laughs> how does, how, how did that pay out? <laughs> well, I, I, and so somebody asked me, I think at, at this Mount Hope thing I did, somebody says, so uh, how, many, how many referrals have you gotten when people told you that? And I said, I can't remember ever getting one where somebody said, hey, I saw you at this fundraiser mm -hmm. and I want to get something for. Yeah. I can't remember that ever happening. Yeah. But maybe they find, maybe it's plants a seed and somewhere they don't remember that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so maybe they will, maybe they won't. I'm all right either way. Has this ever been something you've had to advertise? Have uh, you ever we did. Yeah. Yeah, I did um, bridal shows for a long time. And, okay. And we were in the yellow pages when, when oh, those were back around. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I, when I first started, the, uh, they had a heading for ice in the yellow pages, but not for ice sculpture, not for ice carving or whatever it was called. And there weren't too many under ice, but you need to have a little bigger ad to be noticed. Yeah. And uh, so I said, what does it take to get a, a new heading ad? And they said, we need three people to request it. Wow. So it was only a year later, so apparently a couple other guys had requested it, so they came up with one, and so I found the, I could be the only one under that heading in certain areas, and so I got in like a dozen yellow pages Wow. in this 50-mile radius around Lansing. And Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. For a few bucks a month. Okay. And I did bridal shows, and I handed things out, and. Yeah. Do you have a, a website or anything like that? Miller Ice Sculptures. Okay. And a Facebook page. 
and soon you will have a YouTube page. <laughs> All <laughs> <YouTube> right. channel. <laughs> Being prophetic. All right. <laughs> I really think that's a great idea. I really right. do. I really do. Maybe that'll be yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Maybe I won't sell them. I'll just make them and put them on YouTube. There you go. And then I, I did have a photographer was doing a um, couple of years, a few years ago, uh, was doing a, a, like a worldwide competition. So she just was ordering a, a spider and was just going to come to the shop and carve it and, and photograph it after it was carved. Wow. I said, okay, <laughs> now what do you want to do with it? Uh, you, you can, can have it. You can keep it. <laughs> oh yeah. So, it was just, it's, so I've, uh, just crazy stuff. See, I I wasn't even thinking about that until you brought something up. And So what's it, next? And maybe that will be... You could even do like a TikTok. TikTok might be better because it people's attention spans are so small. Yeah. So like if you just did like a quick minute video, and uh, like just a time-lapse video of the process and everything, and you did that whenever you made something, that could be pretty successful too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always thinking about things like this. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> I'll be calling you a lot, David. All right. I'm, I'll help you wherever I can. All right. Yeah. Rising above. Rising above. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, with the way things have gone today, um, I think a lot of people are interested in things like that, especially like the art, art like the artist community, um, the artistic community, rather. And then... Um, you know, like I have a I had a guy who his his business is called RP Original. He's from Lansing, I think actually Grand Ledge area, but he does woodworking. And I suggested that he do a YouTube channel too, because whenever I see somebody do woodworking, I'm like, wow, that's that's interesting. Like I I love watching woodworking because I I do some things, you know, too. And so I get good I get ideas and I learn how to do things from these people. I'm like, okay, I see how they did that, and. You know, I would think that somebody who's into ice sculptures or somebody who's interested in doing that could watch your video and be like, oh, that's how he does it. Oh, that's the kind of tool he uses. I mean, it's the same thing for like the podcast. Like whenever I'm wanting to learn how to do something for the podcast, I watch other podcasters. I'm like, what, are they, what kind of equipment do they got? Like what kind of lights do they got that don't flicker? <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, you should do it. Okay. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> All right, cool. I got, Like I said, I got, um, I'm got. i looking for, it's just, I feel like I'm in a weird, um, you know, for those those couple of years where I wasn't doing anything, wasn't my choice, but now it seems like it's kind of is. Yeah. And so if but, ice is not coming, what am I going to do? Right. I don't want to just, uh, I've watched enough Netflix. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> nothing really you know well that's gotta, a, gotta be more gotta be something else yeah and definitely like if you retire like you were talking like you don't want to just sit around and do nothing because that's when people start to die well when i first started thinking about that word i kind of walked into my shop and kind of heard the word retirement i said well, where did that come from <laughs> and how would i retire how would i keep going and not and retire how would i keep going and retire how would i you know i it just seemed like contradictory to me that how to retire. And, um, yeah, my dad retired and he just started doing, uh, instead of building houses. Now he was doing, uh, you know, bought a scroll saw and was, and making things. So oh. still working in the shop and kept busy. And, and, um, his dad, I don't think did. 
So I just think about people that have retired and they just sit on the couch or some yeah. people think I can't wait till I retire. And then you hear these stories about I'm bored. Yeah. i am got a part-time job now or something, <laughs> you know, I'm greeter at Walmart. Right. Something got to do something. You just can't yeah. sit around. We're not made to sit around. No, we're not. I have a chiropractor and they tell you that's the worst thing to do. Yeah. You need Absolutely. to be, if you're watching TV, you better get up every 15 or 20 minutes, move around. Yeah. And worst thing you do is sit around. Yeah, absolutely. I um, work at General Motors. And so, you know, GM and like the whole auto industry and just being a union worker, they're, they pride themselves on the 30 years and out type type of thing, okay. you know. Unfortunately for me, I don't have that because I'm, I'm considered what they would call a, a two-tier. So I don't have like a, a retirement. I had just have a, like a 401k. So essentially I could probably just retire whenever I want as long as I'm of age. Um, but the thing is like a lot of people, they talk about, you know, 30 years and I'm out of here, 30 years and I'm out of here. And then what, what are you going to do? Like, you're just going to sit at home. A lot of these people don't have anything going on. Like they don't have a business or some sort of hobby that they, you know, enjoy doing. They just plan on doing whatever. I, I, I think they're missing out on so much of yeah, life. I think so too. You're just working till you get to 62. Is that it? I can't I wait so. until, uh, well, I heard lots of my, you know, my friends talk like that. Yeah. I got just, they're counting the days, So I know what, how many hours I got left and I, and right. I, I can't wait. And I said, hmm, that's just, so when I heard this, I was like, where did that come from? I'm not, <laughs> not even on my, I, so I, and thinking about it, it's kind of like I've been forced into retirement because we're not doing anything because of nobody's having any parties, and that's where right. the sculptures are used. So, um, yeah, so it's just kind of changed uh, my approach to the whole thing. So, I, I, so I, I guess I'm retired, but I'm still working. <laughs> well, maybe well, I should... used to tell people that when I. Uh, they say, so, you know, after I'd been, uh, got successful at ice and then people were saying, uh, well, what do you do? And I, I used to joke that I'm retired. I just get to do ice now. <laughs> so I, I have never even thought about not doing it. Mm. Well, that's the thing about doing something you enjoy and that you love to do is that it's not a job at that point. It's just, you're just doing something you love. Yeah, right. And then, I mean, I guess if you do it too much, they can become a job. But, you know, that's that's when you got to take well, a step back. How, it's kind of how February felt towards the end. I was doing so much that it was. Yeah. But even then. Like work. But even then, it's the, the job aspect is meeting the deadline. You know, it's just feeling overwhelmed. You're still doing what you like to do. Yeah. You're not working for a company that you hate. You're not in some random kitchen doing something you don't really want to be doing, cooking food for some business. <laughs> You know, you're still doing what you well, love to do. Well, that was kind of the trap when I first got good at carving ice was they, the local chapter told me you could, I would never be able to do it in Lansing full time. Wow. Because there's not enough ice. So just keep cooking. I said, okay, I, I really like cooking. The country club I thought was a great job. I get to be very creative. I saw food I, I never saw before, you know. Yeah. And um, we got to do uh, crazy stuff. And, and um, when the club was slow, then I would just, play around with food you know we i remember the guy that we were on a saturday and in, in in the winter you know and they're not playing golf but somebody has to be there in case somebody comes in and wants something right so we're there 
nobody's you know doing anything. What do you want to do? Well, let's make it. You ever made a jelly roll? <laughs> and so we made jelly rolls. I know twenty of them, trying to get them perfect. And wow. So we just get. So what do you want to do today? I don't know. You ever you ever sculpted salt dough? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So we look it up, and and so it was a great job. So I like yeah. doing it. So they told me I couldn't carve it full time. I'll be happy doing it part time, and I'll keep playing with all this. Are you a pretty good cook now? Uh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to school for that? I did not. No, you just learned from experience. Yeah, on the job. Oh. I picked the chef's brain, and I, I, I was a member of the chef's association, so I learned through these guys. And how difficult is it now to break through as a chef that hasn't gone to like culinary school? I don't know. Do they still have chefs? I would think so. At, a like, lot of places don't. I'm, yes, they do. I just a lot of places have gotten away. Yeah, I know that. Like, have you ever been to Bodie's in Lansing? I have not. It, it's downtown right next to Omar's. Um, Bodie's is like a five-star restaurant. I give it a five-star. It's my favorite restaurant. Um, I, in fact, went to St. Elmo's in Indianapolis not too long ago, and it's supposed to be this great steakhouse. Like the night before when, when we were there, Bon Jovi was there. It's like this famous like yeah. restaurant. And um, the steak and the shrimp and everything wasn't as good as Bodie's here in Lansing. Um I'm a huge critic of steak. <laughs> so um, I give Bodie's a five star, but um, I believe they have a chef too. And their chef I'm is I'm sure amazing. they do then. Yeah. yeah. Th- there are. They're just not like, uh, it's not like it was when I was doing it. Right. Yeah. Now they just kind of hire whoever and train them. And well, a lot of stuff is done, um, is frozen or right. reheated. Yeah. Yeah. The quality of food has definitely gone down. Yeah. Yeah. Now that that's um I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's that's um we're talking in in life in general. People's attention spans are so short. Yeah. I wanna get good at ice. Well, it took me a year and I was doing, you know, a couple dozen. How, how quickly do you want to get good at a it? A year is not that long though. Like to get good at but something I mean, people in a year. want to take one class and be good like right. you. Right. That's true. That is true. If I'm going to do a podcast, will I go out and buy all this stuff to start with? Or I'll start with something. Yeah. And work up to, like you say, you're still looking for. Yeah. I'm always looking to make it better. So there's still equipment I'm always looking for. But, um, yeah, you always got to start from somewhere. And you don't need to, you know, go buy the most expensive tools or what gadgets to make it easy at the beginning. I mean, just try it out. See if you like it. And if you truly like it, then you'll invest. Right. Yeah. Well, that's how it was. What? what? I didn't have the money to buy. Right. So I always had a wish list. And so. Right. When you have a really good month and you get one thing on your wish list. And yeah. So you just start accumulating. It makes you, makes you work harder too. Cause then you're like, okay, now I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's always something. There's always something. Well, there's now there's just too much. It's too easy to find stuff. Now you can't scroll on Facebook. Hey, we see you like looked at some <laughs> shirts. We found some other shirts you might like or. Yeah. You were looking at tools. How about these? <laughs> Recommendations for you, Scott. Yeah. So it's it's too easy to get distracted, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So easy. I know oftentimes like whenever I'm like editing a podcast or something, I'll get on Facebook for a minute and then I'm like, crap, what am I doing? I need to get back. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Yeah. You get into those woodworking videos on yeah. YouTube and Yeah, and then you're down yeah. a rabbit hole. Yeah. Where did those three hours go? 
Oh boy. Um, so is there anything else you want to, we're literally an hour into this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about on the podcast? You want to bring up, promote? Well, you, uh, kind of ask what else I do. So I have, um, been in ministry as a member of Mount Hope. I was there okay. for a long time. The, the giant Mount Hope church, the giant Mount Hope church okay. and Gilead healing center. Okay. And, uh, praying with people and ministering with people. You mentioned uh, iron sharpening iron a while ago. That's yeah. a Bible verse. Mm, yeah. So I go there on Thursdays for, a, it's called Iron Hour, based on that verse, mm. where we pray for people. And So I, I, ICE has um, allowed me to do some of those things because the hours are flexible. So. Oh, okay. So I, I got a carve at midnight because I took off to go do something else. Then I... I can do that. I've got the flexibility to do that. So right, I haven't. It, it's very humbling to know that I've uh, helped people, uh, like you, like this podcast is just coming to talk. Uh, so I'm thinking I'm going to come here and talk about myself for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> How narcissistic are you? Is it difficult? I love talking about ice. I don't think it's yeah. talking about me so much. No, it's I'm not. Ta- right. I'm talking about ice. And so it's just yeah. my experience with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I know that um, I have helped people kind of launch out and start their doing their own dream instead of just pipe dreaming about it, trying to right. take those next steps. I, I, I'm just humbled when I find out that I hear somebody quit their job and is now doing photography or whatever. Right. And it's, and I feel like I have some part in that because I shared part of my story. Well, it's important. And I think it was important that it was so hard in the beginning yeah. that people can say, well, if he could do it. Yeah, I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for people to hear stories like yours to know that like, you know, something like that is possible because a lot of people have fa- that family member that who pulls them aside. Like, Hey man, yeah, you need to get a job. You're, you know, your wife is working an, an eight, you know, a five to nine job or nine to five job and you're at home carving ice. <laughs> you know, you're not making any money. You well, need, in those you days, need. I wasn't carving ice. I was just <laughs> kind of like the stay at home dad. So, you know, it's just you. there's always that person, you know, who is a negative Nancy and wants to tell you what you should do. And there's hardly ever somebody saying, hey, yeah, chase your dream. You know, one day you will be successful. I did have one of those uh, senior chefs that was always in my corner, and every time I saw him, he, if it, there was a newspaper article, he had clipped it out, laminated it, was giving it to me and giving me a big pat on the back. Oh, keep cool. going. Yeah, I had one guy that was uh, Chef Walter Pierce that uh, was in my corner. That's very cool, and yeah. I think it's important to have somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the negative feedback for anything is – Oh, it, there's always more negative feedback than there is positive with anything. Well, especially in those early days, you know, people are going to critique my ice. And so I just learned to say, you don't like what it looks like. Come back in a half hour and see what it looks like then. Maybe you'll like it then. (laughs) It'll have changed. (laughs) It'll have melted some. Maybe you'll like the shape of the horse's nose then. Maybe you'll come back in a while. How dare somebody (laughs) criticize the way an ice sculpture looks? That's, that's difficult. How dare they? <laughs> well, like you said, it's just it, got to take it, I guess. I don't, I, it's never really, uh, I don't think it's really bothered me. I'm sure it has, but I don't think that I 
dwell, try to dwell on it too long. Yeah, because it, I mean, it's not going to affect anything at the end of the day. You're still going to do what you do. And, and so I try to embrace, okay, you don't like the horse. So I try to look at the picture and say, what's wrong with it? Well, maybe he does look more like a donkey than a horse. Mm. Maybe he does need to, so it does help you in the, if you can, if you can, Stay away from what they're saying, how they're saying it to what they're saying. Right, right. Because they're not, uh, they're not trying to be helpful, but they can be <laughs> in a in a critical way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I could, I probably could sit here and talk with you all day, David, about bison experience. I think I, I've been I think I could talk to you all day too. You, you're just super laid back and easygoing, and we had a rough start to this, so you know, like. I think that kind of helped break the ice. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for how we got here and where I'm at. And, and so it just, uh, I, I am shocked when I somehow it just sneak like sneaks up behind me and, and, uh, overwhelms me mm-hmm. when I remember some things or a, a memory gets triggered or, it's still that coming and open the garage door and seeing stuff. It just was on a list, and I but I, in my mind, is that stuff's so expensive. I, I'll never have that stuff. Yeah. And then now to see it. Yeah. That impossible stuff. Yeah. And so much of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just, uh, I got to pinch myself. I just, you got to take pride in your successes because if you don't, then, then that's when you lose appreciation for things. And so I've been cleaning out my office because I've got, you know. Because you're retiring. <laughs> well, I've got too much stuff. And so I'm trying to get rid of, you know, my, my both of my parents are gone. And so we cleaned out the house. My parents had were from the Depression era. And so they had kept everything. Mm-hmm. And so there are lots of memories there. So I'm cleaning out with my sisters. And they, I said, I don't really want everything. I need anything. I've got the memory. I don't need to have the thing in my hand. <laughs> but they kept feeling bad that I wasn't taking anything. So they were putting stuff on me. So I take it home and I just, so now I'm going through all that stuff and, and there, then there's other things. And, um, I think what started the cleaning out of my office was I'd filled up a filing cabinet and I said, well, I need to get another filing cabinet. And oh I, boy. and then I said, kind of said, what for, what do you really have in there? <laughs> and so I realized I had be, kind of become my parents, and I had every invoice over the last 30 years I'd ever written. Wow. Do you think you need 30 years of, so that kind of cleaned up a whole filing <laughs> cabinet, and then some. Wow. And so that's where it started. And I said, what else is in here that I'm not? So there's stuff we used to use for ice that you know kind of is obsolete. We used to use a fiber optic wire we'd freeze. We don't really use that anymore. We've got better stuff. And I said, why am I keeping them? Because they still work. Right. Someday. Right. Someday. I can hear my dad. Someday. Or my mom. <laughs> there'll come a day when you'll want one of those. And and um, so i just been cleaning stuff out. And so I have come across all these memories, newspaper articles and wow, um, being in Lansing Magazine. It's just crazy stuff. It just, it's mind-blowing to think, who is that guy? Yeah. That was you. That was you. I would love to see like a, a series of some sort on, on your story of like when you started and how you like, how you managed to make some of these sculptures and then like how the process throughout the years and then how you make them now. I think that'd be interesting. So that first carving, I had two tools. We had a Japanese handsaw. Wow. And a six prong ice pick. Wow. No power tools for those, that first, I think in that first year. And then somebody gave me an article. I went to the Plymouth show 
in the early 80s, and I saw these guys pulling out these toolboxes, and I said, wow, here I am. <laughs> and, uh, and But the big thing I took away from that first show was a chainsaw, a little electric Kmart, a oh, little yeah. Remington, but it made a big difference in <laughs> yeah. what I was able to do, so... Yeah, so that that's where it started, and and the ice wasn't as good as now because those machines weren't uh, in, introduced yet. So right, it's, yeah, it's it's uh, it come along now. Guys have CNC machines to cut ice, and wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so wild, so wild. So how, how far it's come. So I was asked to do an article once for the. Uh, I was still involved with the Chefs Association, even though I wasn't cooking. So they. One of the guys said, well, he was a chef, and technically ice is a culinary art. He should be a member because there were other guys that said he doesn't belong here anymore. Anyway, I was around for a while, and they asked me to do an article on the history. So I did do some history, and so they say the first ice sculpture came from a scoffier who created a swan okay. for a dessert for a, a princess, I think. Wow. So wow, the first actual sculpture out of ice, ice was used for a long time for refrigeration purposes, but that was the first sculpture. So how it's evolved and how, you know, the Russians were doing stuff with cannons that could fire in the 1800s. And Holy cow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You should do, <laughs> I'm always thinking, <laughs> you should you should do like a little, um, I mean, you it, it could go along the same lines of a YouTube channel, but maybe do like a little history lesson type thing on it i mean i didn't know any of that i'm sure there's a lot more of it so i'm sure when i started getting into it it was just like um the article of the little news or the editor of the little newspaper said i got plenty of information so i just keep finding stuff sure you don't want more (laughs) so it took some highlights and the first use of ice was by the chinese they say skimming it off in rice patties for refrigeration like three thousand years ago wow I think it had to go back farther than that. Didn't the pharaohs send people to the mountains to get snow? I yeah, think. I think and so. See, this is something you could dive into. See, I'm really, <laughs> now I'm going, aren't I? So, let's the, just keep going, David. You don't have plans today, do you? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. This has been great. It has been great. Thank you for doing this. And I'm, again, really sorry about the, the beginning. Um, I'm glad. You know, the thing is, I was actually just looking at my schedule <laughs> this morning, and for some reason, I didn't see you on there at 1 o'clock. I, I seen that I have one later today, and I was like, oh, I only have one today. And I, for some reason, didn't see you. I don't know why. But then so I kind of wondered if something had happened, because when I was looking, I don't know that I ever, you sent me the thing, I didn't ever, like, confirm. Oh, or I didn't, okay. um, maybe I was supposed to send it back to you. Um, but I know that I had an issue and I had to, well, my old phone, when they went to 5g became a brick. (laughs) And so, you know, everything didn't switch over. Like it said, everything will switch over when you get this app. Right. Right. Where's the rest of my contacts and all my, (laughs) and so I, I, I kind of wondered if it got lost because Uh, that happened after we talked about doing this. Oh, okay. The phone died and I had to get a new one. So, huh? Yeah. I don't know. It's strange because I know my wife asked me yesterday, she's like, how many podcasts or when's your next podcast? And I was like, uh, tomorrow evening. And then I looked and 
that's the only one I remember seeing. So when you showed up and she's like, somebody's here to do the podcast. I'm like, what? What? No way. <laughs> I kind of thought that when she answered the door, like, hello, are, are you, uh, what are you selling? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. It's, you know, it, and it worked out. It, it really did. It, it just added a stress factor to the beginning of it. And I'm like running around. But um, yeah, it was a it was a good episode, and I enjoyed talking to well, you. You handled it well. Uh, you already well, thanks. I can't do it now. Come back later. Yeah, get the heck out of here. That was my first initial um, reaction. I'm like, I think I should reschedule. But then I'm like, no, I don't want to reschedule. <laughs> and, and so then it kicks in. I was like, why can't I do it right now? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was just in the middle of mowing. It's not we're, that big of a deal. Right. I, we're just downstairs. Not like we got to go somewhere. Right. Exactly. So, um, and you're laid back. You're you know, you handled it pretty professionally as well. So <laughs> like I said, it's ha- I've done it. So I, hopefully I, if I happens to me again, that people will treat me that way. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to have grace with things, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, things happen. It is what it is. So that's, I guess that's something I'm trying to, aside from the ice, as a person, I'm trying to, people are so negative everywhere now. It seems mm. that but everybody's got good in there somewhere. Yeah. Can I find the good? Right. Can I get past all the rhetoric and get to the gold? Yeah. So I could talk about that for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I've had some, some, ne- a lot of negative feedback on an episode that I just recently put out. And, um, it's kind of crazy too, because like this podcast I've used as a way to amplify other people's stories, to help other local business owners. I've had, you know, people come on and share their stories like the first time uh, somebody ever came on to a platform to share uh, her story was she was, she was raped. And like, so she, this was the first time she shared it was on my platform. And I was honored that she, you know, was able to do that on, on here. And um, you know, so I've used it in so many different ways for people to get their stories out for people to help other people to help like local artists. You know, I've talked to so many different people, but the minute I talked to a politician, (laughs) Oh. oh my gosh the storm of hate flew my way it was it was crazy i couldn't believe it all the negative comments that people you know talking crap about you know my intentions and like um you know me and just i'm like are you serious like you don't know me you just it it's crazy the but the thing is, is like doing the podcast i've been i've been able to talk to people and like see the good in people. And, you know, a lot of people have the same goal. We're all the same, you know, and we're, we're more alike in so many different ways than we're not. Right. You know, and to let something so, um, so divisive divide us. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. uh, The, the negative, the negative negativity out there is, I, I don't know. I don't, it, it seems greater than what it is, but I really think that more people have good in them than, than not. Right. So, and everybody has it in there somewhere. Exactly. No matter how much nonsense they talk, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, like, like in that situation with the whole politics thing, I think a lot of people just, they have an idea of what they think is right. And then they, they want to just attack it because they don't agree with that that situation but really you know they could be a good mom good dad whatever it is but they just for some reason when it's a politics they they can't they can't just look the other way and well politicians in general have not made it easy Mm. 
No, they have not. No, so. they have not. No. <laughs> well, that's almost a, a good thing that it's got negative that there's it stirred something up. I, I think there's good that can come out of that. Absolutely. A lot came out of it, actually. A lot of good. Yeah. I immediately, when, because this is the thing, like a lot of people, or at least people's natural instincts when something negative like that happens is to want to just like back off you know, or shut, shut down shut down or engage. They want to do either. I didn't do anything. Like I just sat there. I'm like, I'm going to watch what happens. And I got a lot of people attacking me. But the thing is, is I'm like, this is good. People attacking me is good because it's whether they, whether they think it's good or not, it's bringing attention to me. And for stirring something up. it's stirring something up and for like a podcast or like a content creator, when people are focused on you, that's good. Yeah. That's good for business. <laughs> you know, not that I wanted the negativity, but when people are focusing on you, then it now brings attention all, like from everybody. Everybody's like, what's this about? And then they go to your platform and then they look, listen to other episodes and right. they start following you and people start engaging more. And I think, I think that's good. I think it's good for people to engage, whether, you know, you agree with something or you don't agree with something. Right. So that's why um, that's why I like this podcast, because people can come on and share their story and then other people can engage. And yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. It's good for conversation. It's good for people. So don't back down. Don't back down. We're not trying to stir things up. I, I, I know that I, I have been accused of that, too. And I said, I'm not trying to stir something up. I'm trying to help it, you. Yeah. I, I, I see a problem. Yeah. And I want to, and I want to help it, but they think you're poking at it. Right. So it's yeah. hard to just keep, uh, keep yourself from getting hard then. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, what I realized in like a situation like that is that we're us as humans are weak and we can't handle uh, differing opinions. But that's when like a conversation like this, like a podcast is important because then you can have people on and discuss things and then you can, I don't, I don't know, you can, you know, like by discussing things, then it kind of normalizes things and hopefully through conversation, everybody can come to a, like a mutual understanding or just a mutual respect of each other. And I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, um, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's important to help other people. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure you're doing that with your whole religion, uh, religious background and everything, right? Like by praying, so. by praying for other people, and I mean, if if it's not helping them, it's it's helping you, right? Yeah, I get you know I. <laughs> If they don't find it helpful, rather, then it's it's helping you. I think so many people, often when something happens, uh, nobody's had it as bad as me, or I'm the only one. Well, that's a victim's mentality. Yeah, and so it's just, it's not even really ministering to people as much as it is just pointing something out that other people have had issues. And mm. I've been through stuff, you've been through stuff, everybody's going to go through stuff. Yeah. It's not about the going through stuff, it's how you go through stuff. Right. And, uh, it's how you handle the situation, you know, keeping, keeping, keeping your eyes on the prize, I guess, just like, so with me with ice, it was, I had so many negative Nancy's, um, yep. but, um, in, in some ways I know that that drove me actually to, oh, really? You think I can't do it? I, I'm going to show you, 
And uh, so it kind of helped me, I think, in a way. And so it, I try to help people with that, too, that you've got somewhere to go. You have something valuable in you. Yeah. And uh, other people need to know about it. And if you let this, if you stay here and focus on this, you'll never get to the good stuff. Yeah. And so it's more of just trying to help people through, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, someone to come alongside and saying, oh, you've got value. You're worth it. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. Somebody just to give you a little nudge. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, I am capable of doing that. So that's kind of how I feel about the city club that they gave me the, not a little nudge, like kicking the pants and get going then. Let's do it. Right. I didn't want it to happen like this. (laughs) Well, you could have chose, but you didn't. So here's what we're going to (laughs) do. Okay, well, so now I'm grateful. Right. And I was so afraid to tell my wife. I got fired. As I'm, oh, my gosh. Forced resignation, fired, whatever you want to call it. And so when I called her, and she just started screaming, and I said, <laughs> all right, it's about time you got out of that place. Well, I can't believe, oh, she was so happy. <laughs> and I was so afraid. She said, I've wanted you to leave there for so long. It just... Wow. Because I was working 90 hours a week. Holy cow. Trying to make something happen. I didn't know I was working that many hours a week and trying to make these their dream their dreams come true, and it just wasn't happening. Just couldn't put in enough hours to do yeah. what they wanted. And so. That's the unfortunate thing about, like, um, businesses, like, especially, like, um, I mean, I don't know. The country club's probably a pretty big business, but. Um, like I worked for General Motors and like seeing the, the corporations like goals and it never ends. It, it never, it never dials back at all. They always just want more and more and more. And then you just, you work harder and harder and harder. And then by the time you know it, you don't have time to do your own things, your own passions. And then you, you're neglecting things, you're neglecting your family and it just becomes this big cycle. Yeah. And, How long have you been there? Uh, almost nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Is there an enjoyment there? No. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there are, there is a little bit like the people. I love the people um, that I work with. I have good relationships with them. But as far as like the work, I mean, the work is not bad. It's not hard. I mean, it is on in certain aspects. Like it's hard on your body uh, because of the repeti- repetition. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't know. It's just, I, I guess it's the corporate corporatization of everything, you know, it, they just always want more and more and more. Nothing's ever good enough. And, you know, the, their profit for the next year always has to be higher than this year. And just, so then we got to make more cars and it's always just more and more and more, more Saturdays, more hours. What's the solution then? There isn't one. The solution would be to quit (laughs) and find something you love doing. I I mean, we, we all need goals. That's what keeps us going. Yeah. You need to set goals to keep improving or whatever. So there is, um, there is some truth, good truth in in that they are always looking for more. But then, yeah. So where's the? But it's at the expense of their workers, right? So there's some kind of a disconnect where it's yeah, it's becomes the bad thing, right? Yeah, I don't know if there is a an answer to it. I I think that, I guess for me it would be less hours. Um. I work me as hard as you want for eight hours a day, five days a week. But, um, then after that, it's like, you're, you're cutting into my time, my family time, my podcast time, like my, my responsibilities. So, um, I don't know. I I just think that 
like right now, for instance, we're working, we work nine hours every day, um, Monday through Friday. And then every other Saturday for the most part, unless there's a part shortage or something. Um, but then like, that's not good enough. So now they got to, what they're doing is they, they cut back your breaks. So what they do is they hired all these people to come in and they call them tag breaks. So you have somebody in your team who goes around and gives each individual person a break while the line is still running. Oh, so instead of everybody taking a break together, now you have individuals taking breaks by themselves while everything's still going. So like seeing that, cause that's, that's relatively new. Um, seeing the way things have changed in that aspect since I hired in is like, this is insane. Like it, it's just going to keep going and going and going and never slows down. And so it makes you feel more and more like a, a part instead of a person. Yeah, absolutely. You're just Inter- interchangeable part. And just yeah. Plug one in and absolutely. So I, you just reminded me of my first job. I worked at an imported car place Oh. and, um, it was a family owned little place over by the airport. Okay. Great job as a 17-year-old. They taught me to drive a stick. Oh, nice. And triumphs and jags. Oh, sweet. But they always took a coffee break every morning. Everybody, big circle, sent out for donuts and coffee and shoot the breeze. (laughs) It was great. It it, it created a a atmosphere of family in the whole place, and so it just worked together. But even though the guy that worked next to me, this old mechanic, was so cranky, even he, you know, even this for him kind of, I don't know his story, but so even the old cranky guy kind of softened up because of this. So, yeah, I think it's important to like, I mean, that's one thing our coworkers talk about is like not taking breaks together. It, like that's something that people look forward to, like sitting at the break table right. and just like sitting across from each other and, and eating a snack and talking about right. your previous night or whatever. And it's so if you're there it, on your own, you're going to be on Facebook, yeah, YouTube or something by yeah. yourself. Yeah, you're disconnected from everything. From everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's good. We got enough of that. And I think that I think that's what was important about COVID was that it forced everything to slow down. And so you know, a lot of people then realize that okay, now I. I want to like pursue art or I want to pursue, you know, whatever their dream was or hobby was, or maybe they realize I don't like working at this place. And so I'm going to go work somewhere else. I think it was important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you ready to wrap this up? Okay. All right, cool. We've been going an hour and 25 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where can people find you? They find you on social media. Mm-hmm. Miller Ice Sculptures. Okay. Got a web page. Okay. Facebook page. Okay. Instagram. Nice. Yeah. And soon a YouTube and, and possi- a, possibly a TikTok. Possibly a TikTok. <laughs> All right. I'll okay, put... I'm going to have to check into that stuff. I'm not I'm not too old for any of that. No, you're not. I'm not too old. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Everything will be in the show notes. Okay. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.